the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boost the same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Big Game Squares Contest, $1,000 prize pool, and completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And we are here to talk about some breaking news in the NFL. One, Tom Brady has retired again. Let's figure out if it's for real this time. We're also going to break down some of the head coaching carousel and look at some free agency odds or anything we can find. You know me, I got my guy Scott Studio Rice Show with me. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Good to be back. Definitely a lot of fun news stories going on in the NFL, both today and throughout the early uh, part of the week, whether it involves some head coaching moves, whether it involves some retirements. Either way, a lot of interesting little news stories going around. But it's pretty weird to have a full two weeks basically with no football so even when we have no games we still got news so definitely fun looking forward to going through it uh any news stories that kind of jumped off the page to you well number one has to be the one that dropped today tom brady has officially retired from the nfl but how much did that really surprise you that's what i'm kind of wondering i don't think i think um maybe i don't think i was surprised but more of I was like, oh, wow, he really did it. Like, he, like, because, you know, everybody knew he was, it was about time. And you had the feeling after he came back last year when the news dropped, he really didn't get to say it how he wanted to say it. And, you know, Tom Brady just being the dick that he is, he was like, all right, bet, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it all over again next year. So I think we all assume that there was a pretty good possibility that this could happen, but there was also, you know, opportunity other places in the league where people thought that he could go play quarterback and do pretty decently. Not Sacramento, but San Francisco was tossed out there recently. Like, Hey, they could be trying to get a Tom Brady. The Raiders was thrown out there. Like there was options for him, but it sounds like it was Tampa or retire for him. And he decided to push the retire button and now the angriest person in the world is probably Greg Olson. Yeah, it definitely seems like Greg Olson has had a pretty rough morning uh, because of the news. But either way, uh, I do think that it's not as surprising as people might want to claim it is. Now, did I think he was going to retire? No, I figured he wouldn't go out on this type of note. I thought he would switch sceneries 
and yeah, maybe I was just th- move that's on from there. Like, one more, one more run. I thought maybe one more run, but at the end of the day, he said back, I believe in 2014, I'll retire when I suck. I believe that was the phrase <laughs> that Tom Brady used uh, when discussing retirement, basically like nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And you can look at the stats and the counting stats suggest that Brady's not cooked and that he still can give something to a good team and whatever. I think he's washed. I'm being honest with you. I I think he's done. And people can say, well, you know, you just said the counting stats were good. I mean, yes. But if you look at the either yards per attempt, which were drastically down, or you look at the volume, his counting stats really weren't that good when you realize how often he threw the damn ball. I don't give a fuck what his stats look like. At the end of the day, this team had a losing record. I think they had a losing record. They, they did. Been... They went eight and nine. Yeah, yeah, they had a losing. Technically record. eight and ten, including the playoff game. They had a losing record. The offense couldn't score twenty one points per game at all at any point during the season. And that's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a winner. Tom Brady is a off- has a commands an offense that is able to score points, and he wasn't able to do any of that completion wise. All the other stuff, all those other event stats, and the nerves that want to talk about. Oh, he's just cornerback that can do back to Z. Blah blah blah. I really don't care. Tom Brady was not a winner. That was the only thing that made Tom Brady different than any other pocket quarterback in the league, and it was that he can win games. And what he did in this season with Tampa Bay was he was unable to go out there and when his team needed him most, go out there and will them to a win. And when Tom Brady can't win, there's no point in having him. I'm just going to throw it out there that Brady led the league in pass attempts by north of 30. He did finish third in yards, but if you want to go by yards per attempt, uh, he averaged 6.4 yards per attempt. It was really, really bad. It really had Big Ben vibes in Pittsburgh where they made the playoffs. They got the Rasses kicked in the first round, and you kind of just assumed they'd move on. Brady was better than Big Ben at the way, way end, but I don't think it was by that big of a margin. And some people, I remember, tried to claim that Big Ben wasn't done because he had 500 yards in a playoff game against the Browns. And it's like, yeah, they're down 30 in the second quarter. He threw the ball 60 or 70 times. That doesn't mean anything. Brady was awful in that Dallas game. The only reason why he had a lot of yards is because they were down 20-something with like 13 minutes to go in the third quarter, and they threw the ball 60 times. So it didn't mean anything to me. Brady looked done, if we're just being honest with ourselves. He could not throw the ball well downfield. He could, he never could move, but any type of mobility that he used to have was totally shot. If you really looked at half his incompletions, they're what, spikes into the dirt because he's about to get decapitated? That felt like half the incompletions this year. He just didn't have it anymore. And it's fine because he was 45 years old. Like, people are so shocked that he retired. Once again, he's 45. I mean, it's it's it's... crazy he's played this effectively for this long. Yeah. Honestly, the Bucs are probably better off without him. Like, if you look at... The Bucs are screwed anyway with the cap situation, but Brady wasn't going to carry them to anything anyway. But and that's probably where and we're about to talk about that in literally just a second. But if you look at the offense, you still have Chris Godwin, you still have Mike Evans. You like I think Kay Otten was a pretty solid Cameron Brake is a good player as well. And Rashad White, it looks like there's something there with him. Like it looks like there is something there with him where they could move along from Leonard Fournette and do pretty all right. So offensive line was beat up 
injured this year, you should expect to see them be a lot healthier next year. You're going to get some players that were on IR back. I think that this Tampa Bay offense, honestly, like they should be a little bit better without Brady and depending on, you know, who they bring in or something like that. So that's really the next part of this conversation. And it is, what is the state of the Bucks next year? What do they do about the quarterback situation? Because like you said, they have a cap issue. So the cap is going to be a problem. You're, is some quarterbacks out there that are looking that are looking for new homes, whether they're free agents, whether they're trade or Derek Carr's name been thrown out there. I, don't I mean, think the perk that they, that they have, have is that they're in a really crappy division, so they don't have to rebuild per se because they might win the division next year winning nine games. Yeah, I just I don't think that uh, Derek Carr, I don't think they have the money situation that they can move around. And if they move anything around too much, they're going to tank this entire team because that defense is still pretty good. I th- I also are we, think are we looking that... at the draft here? Well, I was going to say with Tampa, first of all, I don't think the outlook, the outlook looks good, in my opinion. Because Brady, even though you can talk about how uh, he yelled at pretty much every single offensive player on the sideline and he spiked a couple tablets along the way, he's still viewed as being one of the best leaders of all time. And I'm not going to fully blame Brady because he had no offensive line. You're assuming they'll play better next year with a better offensive line, but... I'm trying to think of who the potential quarterback would even be. Whether you target a rookie to potentially fill the void, you want to make a case for, like, Kyle Trask to be your starting quarterback next year. I don't think it's going to be Gabbert. I mean, that would be too funny if it was Gabbert Uh to be a starting quarterback. So, Tampa's going to have to scramble. They also, of course, are going to have probably a new system in place because they told Leftwich to take a hike. I don't think Leftwich was a great coordinator. I think he was the scapegoat for a really crappy offensive situation. I'm not going to fully blame him for having a totally beat up offensive line and for having a quarterback the, that the may Bucks or may not have been washed. Like they re- truly at when we were getting into the beginning of the season and all those injuries on the offensive line, they didn't stand a chance. Like I don't know how you're supposed to be successful, especially if you don't have even a somewhat mobile quarterback. Brady yeah. can't buy you any time. He's screwed if there's any pressure on him at this point in his career. And we saw it throughout the entire season. They couldn't move the ball and they also couldn't run. So they couldn't do anything. I, I, I don't think Leftwich is a great coordinator. I think he's fine. But I think that people blamed him for everything when there were a lot of issues with personnel. That's how I look at it. So I don't think that the Leftwich leaving and the bringing somebody else is really going to change much. I think it really just comes down to who their new quarterback's going to be. And most importantly, if the offensive line can actually block somebody. Do I think that they're going to be good next year? No, I don't. I think this team's going to struggle because I think that they might try to shed some cap and they might have to trade some pieces or cut some guys. So we'll see what happens. But the main, I'd say, talking point now is based on the ripple effect that Brady's retirement might cause. Because we all thought that the favorites to get Brady were going to be the Raiders, I think, if we had to guess. Mm-hmm. I think the Raiders were probably the safest choice. What do they do? Do they pivot now and try to make an all-in move for Aaron Rodgers? Do you trust Jared Stidham? You can, I don't think you could bring Carr back because you benched uh-huh. him for the last couple of years with the incent, with the intention of either trading him or cutting him. So I think Carr is gone no matter what. What what do the Raiders do? I'm kind of curious how Brady's retirement impacts the rest of the quarterback trade market. Uh, I, I, I think the Raiders will be fine. I think they'll just – you still have Lamar Jackson out there that I truly believe that if a – 
I think a one for one. Well, not one for one. I think Lamar is staying. I think a yeah. I think he. I mean, it's probably a good possibility he stays. But if there is any resentment, and we sat here and said that there's like there's some resentment on why the deal has been able done, they're not going to get a deal done. They don't want to pay him that amount of money. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Lamar to Las Vegas, Derek Carr to Baltimore. I've been calling for that, and I said, hey, like if if there was any way out of Baltimore for Lamar, I think it's Vegas because Vegas would feel comfortable shedding whatever they shed for a former MVP, and Ravens don't have to pay the amount of money that they're probably going to have to shed for Lamar. And I don't, I don't question why the Ravens don't want to pay the money. I think Lamar deserves it, but I don't question why they don't want to pay him the money because once you account for a certain percentage of the salary cap, you basically screwed your chances at getting a Super Bowl. Nobody has ever gotten over that hump of once a certain percentage of the cap is allocated to just the quarterback position that they've been able to fill out the rest of their roster. Does does Mahomes reach that percentage? Because you could make an argument this year. Mahomes would be the first one. Okay, Mahomes and the Chiefs would be the first one to do that. But other than that... Hasn't even been close. Hasn't yep. been close. So, for the, record, for the record, I think that uh, Lamar is going to stay because I think they're going to they're going to franchise tag him guaranteed. And Harbaugh already announced that Lamar is going to have a lot of say in who the next offensive coordinator is. Mm-hmm. That's usually a sign of a desperate team doing whatever it can to keep the quarterback happy. I think they're going to pay him, in my opinion. But anyway, to go back to Tampa. Yeah, Tampa looking at about $55 million over the cap right now. Or the average. Is that the average? I don't know. I think that's salary cap's also going up. So that's going to help. Yeah, it's going up. And Brady's going to restructure and give them some extra leeway as well when he retires so that uh, they have some more money. So Brady's going to help them out. But I mean, I, I still think Tampa all around has a pretty decent team. I, do you do you just say fuck them picks and just trade up if you like a quarterback that much and you think that he can come in and just get you by? Just say fuck them picks and trade up and get them. I'm I, the concern with this draft, which I've mentioned several times on several podcasts. I'm not a fan of this draft class at all for quarterbacks. I think that. When you look at the top guys, which Tampa isn't going to qualify for unless they trade up, Bryce Young's probably going to be number one. Or you're assuming the Bears will trade down and Bryce Young will be the main guy because he won the Heisman and he was great against Kansas State in the bowl game and whatever. I still think he needs to gain like 20 pounds. I still think he's way too skinny and he's a little bit short. So I'm not exactly sold on his upside in the pros. Levis is the opposite. Levis is a great athlete, but he did. I, I thought he was underwhelming at Kentucky. I don't think he's very good. I think he sucks. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he's a great prospect. I'll say means. I think he sucks. But I, I'm low on Levis. Stroud's interesting because Ohio State quarterbacks never do anything in the NFL, but he did impress me against Georgia. I was completely out on Stroud, but then he looked pretty good against Georgia. But he also had like the best receiving core in the entire country. So I don't know if that really means anything to me. But the point but- is, you're going down the line. And I don't see many great franchise-altering quarterbacks in this draft. I'm not even sure how many starters I see in this draft four years down the road. Tampa might just go low budget and try to take, like, a Mariota move from, like, Atlanta where you just go with a low-budget veteran and say, this might tie us over for a year, 
will reassess and maybe make a run at Caleb Williams or maybe a Drake May down the road. But I don't think they're going to go all in for a quarterback in the draft because I don't think any quarterbacks are really worth trading that many resources for. Do you? Like, I'm not sold on any of these quarterbacks coming into the draft. Now, some teams might convince themselves with the workouts and the combine coming up, and maybe they'll be able to fall in love with a guy. I feel I don't fairly see confident. I feel fairly confident with the history of the NFL and just society as a whole that somebody's going to trade up for Will Levis. I think somebody might. I just don't think it's going to be Tampa. I think Tampa's too far in cap hell. Their main focus will be trying to potentially just ship off half of the Super Bowl core and just try to rebuild. I can really see that path happening. A rebuild's more difficult when you're in a crappy division because when you're rebuilding, you might automatically eliminate yourselves from tanking because you might beat half the teams in your division and find a way to win like eight games. But when you mentioned the cap situation with Brady retiring, the Super Bowl window is easily closed. I think you might see a garage sale. I think the best person, as I look down the list of just people that are available, I think the best person for this system probably would be uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But that's the point. You're talking about Bridgewater. And Bridgewater yeah. couldn't stay healthy, but the point is you're looking at basically a stopgap veteran quarterback who you can hope can hold it together. I mean, you hate to throw out names like it, but you're thinking yeah, of the fact that like a Bridgewater. You're thinking like Andy Dalton started X amount of games for the Saints. Did it work out? No. But at the end of the day, the point is, if you can go low budget on a veteran who might not lose you games, maybe you could find a way to win a crappy division. On the other hand, maybe you just say, you know what, Kyle Trask, you've been in the building for a year or two. Let's see what you got. And just throw him out there and see what happens. And if it goes terribly, then you're tanking anyway. So I don't think Tampa's going to be a threat for really anything. I think if I had to like rank the actual division, the teams in the NFC South, they are either third or fourth. I I really don't like them at all. I think you can make an argument if they're going to be better or worse than like Atlanta. But I think the Saints and the Panthers are probably the two best teams in that division. I think and everybody Atlanta, in the division is a quarterback away from one of the division. That's what I'm saying. But Atlanta, every, single, every single team in the division is a quarterback away. Whoever gets the best quarterback this offseason will win the division the next year. You're, now, I'll ask you, because we're bringing up division odds, do you think a rookie C.J. Stroud is enough to get Carolina the division title? Is Stroud even ready to start? There's a couple of questions to be asked. But I Carolina's think Stroud, linked to I think Stroud. Stroud, I don't think – for Carolina, I think Stroud can get a division title for Tampa. Okay. I like the weapons on Tampa. I like Because I'm trying to think of the other teams that potentially look at a quarterback. New Orleans, I mean, at the end of the day, they have they had Dalton and Winston. Winston got hurt, so I'm kind of curious what they're going to do for a quarterback situation. You could argue that their quarterback's already in the building. Atlanta, you're assuming, is going to stick with Ritter because they gave him a little bit of run last year, and I think they'll probably roll it over into this year. I'm not sold on Ritter, but I'm assuming that's what Atlanta's going to do. So you can make an argument if Stroud ends up making a push for like rookie of the year that could be good enough to win the division. I think Tampa's going to go low budget. I think they might try out Trask. I think you'll see Trask and a veteran quarterback, and they'll fight it out for the for the starting job in training camp, and then they'll go from there. But I really expect Tampa to just shed a bunch of salary during the offseason. That's my expected offseason plan for the Buccaneers. Mm. I mean, you could read off some of those contracts. Like, 
Yeah, no, the contracts are tough. I just, I think that most of the people like are deserving if you have a solid quarterback in place, but they don't have a solid quarterback in place. So it's like, you're kind of wasting your time. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, trade candidates, Chicago at one, Houston's getting a quarterback. Arizona at three, maybe. I really think Arizona. I, I, I don't think they can go for a quarterback because I don't know what the trade market even is for Kyle Murray. I think they're just priced yeah. into Kyle Murray for the next five years. Uh, Indianapolis is at four. They'll be interested. Seattle's at five. They'll be interested. I think they'll keep Geno, but yes. Uh, Detroit is at six. Vegas at seven. Detroit's uh, a weird one. Like Detroit maybe could roll it back with Goff. Like I'm kind of curious what Detroit's gonna it. do. Honestly, I, I would run. I would run that squad back with Detroit. I thought Goff was good last year. Yeah, I would just draft well, and I trust uh Brad Holmes. You know, he's an Aggie. I trust Brad Holmes to mm-hmm. draft well. I just draft well and run it back with Detroit. Honestly, like they got they there. got Johnson back at the offensive coordinator the spot. He was linked to some head coaching jobs. Like I think I think Detroit's offense is fine the way it is. Especially with Jameson Williams playing a full season, hopefully. Philly has a top 10 pick. Jesus fucking Christ. They got it from the Saints. I know. Fuck. I'm saying the Saints don't even have an early pick that they could take a quarterback with. They really might roll it back with Dalton or Winston and just hope that it works out. But Atlanta's at eight. They're not going to do it again. I don't think they'll do it. They should, but they're not. And Carolina's at nine. Stroud might not be available by then, but... I'm assuming Carolina. Nah, those three quarterbacks are gone by nine. If anybody gets them, they're going. They're t- they're dra- they're trading up and getting them early. Those are I think I think Carolina is a candidate to trade up, especially when you brought in a new coach. Uh, you really want their their owner has a lot of money and he's not afraid to make splash moves. Have they worked? Not really, but the point is he's not afraid to make a move. I think Carolina is a good trade up candidate if they really fall in love with Stroud or Levis or any of these guys. Yeah, I think I would shed some of those defense. If you had to shed contracts, shed some of those defensive contracts. And if you're doing that, go for a guy late. Like, go for a guy that has upside late. Because, and we'll we'll see if people buy in to Tanner McKee. That's a guy, that's a name out there. Uh, it's another Stanford guy, but Stanford kind of has like. I hated system. McKee at Stanford. I thought the guy sucked. I, I he, he had his moments, man. He had his moments. He's Actually, another, like, like he's a measurable guy. He's a little bit of mobility. Guy's tall, and you watch him play, and I don't he's think like, he's very good. I but. just, yeah, I think he, I think he's going to translate over to a, a slightly better Davis Mills. Like a I, I thought he reminded better. me of Davis Mills, and I didn't like Mills in yeah, college either. So he's like a slightly better Mills. The point player. is, I think it's a weak quarterback class. But so uh, who, who else am I looking at? Here? But I'll ask you this though, while you pull that up, just Jared for Hall. general NFC. Before we move on to the other head coaching hires and other moves. Do you th- do you think Tampa comes in last place next no. year? No. Where do you think they finish? Because I don't think they're finishing one. I-, I don't know what they do. Like that's the thing. It depends what they do. If they blow it up, then I'm then yeah, they probably do finish towards the bottom. But if they keep this core together and they just say that hey, we're throwing this to a rookie or we're getting a Teddy Bridgewater and we're throwing this to Teddy Bridgewater, I think that they got a good chance to win the division. Like if Teddy, if you told me today that Teddy Bridgewater was quarterback with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would pick them as my team to win the division. If you're asking me right now, I got Tampa at three. I think Carolina and New Orleans should be better than them. Atlanta, I don't, I don't really like their coach, and I don't think Ritter is a good quarterback, and I don't know what they're going to do because they still don't use pits, they still don't use the weapons they have. They were competitive last year in early NFL action. They kind of fell apart down the stretch, but. 
I don't think Atlanta's are going to threaten for much unless they have a pretty good offseason. But I got Tampa right now at three in the NFC South, extremely early 2023 power rankings. I think Jaron Hall should get some looks, man. I like Hall a lot. I like them at BYU. I think I think Hall should get some looks. If I had to pick somebody that's like a sleeper quarterback that ends up starting four or five, maybe even more games his rookie year, it's Hall, man. Hall is like that. Hall's good. All right. Before we get into the coaching carous coaching and coordinator carousel, gotta talk to you about the presenting sponsor and official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is when bet. Live betting, same game parlays. You have the biggest long shot parlay of the week. You get a thousand dollar free credit. Like it's so much over there. When you have sign up bonuses where bet a hundred dollars, get a hundred dollars, limited state availability. So much choosing. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W Y N N B E T. Our subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 order in present state where play win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. And we're also brought to you by us, SGPN, in our Big Game Squares contest. We're giving away $1,000 in the Super Bowl, completely free to enter. All you have to do is follow Sports Gambling Podcast on Spotify, give them a rating, then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares for your chance to enter and win a free square. All right. Let's talk about this carousel, because we have some names to talk about. We're going to go ahead and no, we're not going to start with him because I don't want to. Let's start with the big one. Sean Payton is back. I think we all knew that if you watched Fox on NFL on Fox. It like, oh, like all year, it feels like they were teasing like, oh, coach, you're you're going to be back. Like, you're are you looking at this team, coach? You like, it wasn't the oh, landing like spot I thought he'd end up in, but I thought he'd be coaching. Yeah, everybody figured he'd be back coaching. So now... The Broncos have pulled a Doc Rivers and the Clippers, traded for a head coach. I think they gave up, what was it, a first? It's, it was like a very intricate trade. It was a first and like a mid-round pick swap. So, uh, Sean Payton trade. So, oh my gosh. Everybody's saying something different. I hate when they do that. Okay. So... The Saints got the 2023 30th overall pick from San Francisco. What trade did San Francisco have with Denver to get that pick? I don't know. I don't remember. But 30th overall from San Francisco. Then they have gave up a second round pick in 2024. So they get the first round pick from pick from Denver via San Francisco. The Saints do. This year, and they have a second rounder next year. And then they gave up a third round pick next year. Yeah, so they alternated like mid round picks and they got a first round. I mean, that's they gave it up, however you look at it. So you add, and I mean, that's really like Denver still has a first. I'm pretty sure Denver still has a first round pick this year because they got the one from the Chubb deal. Yeah. Uh, That was the one they shipped. That that was the pick they oh, got. Oh, so the oh, so 
to four. Dang, these picks just like it's the same pick the that was involved in the trade. This Lance is not the trade. NBA. The NBA is is the league where you trade the same pick five, six, seven different yeah. times. This the pick same pick has from... been traded three times. It was in the yeah, Trey so, Lance trade, then it was in the Chubb yeah. trade, and then it was in this trade. Okay, all right, that's where I was confused. So yeah, Denver doesn't have a first round pick. <laughs> all right, good luck, coach. I'm gonna ask you about the actual trade though, because if you were to give grades on the trade, I would not trade. I'm not trading for a coach. I don't care. Okay. Um. So I automatically give it an F. I, I'm. I give it an F. I'm not trading for a coach. Brian well, Dable just came. Saints. Brian Dable just came from the Bills staff and took the Giants to the playoffs and got a first playoff win since the 2011, 2012 Super Bowl. Like I'm not trading picks for a coach. I get Sean Payton is good. Are you good that I'm giving up assets that you need to make us better? Absolutely not. I would much rather go. There's so many good coordinators, so many good coordinators that probably can be good head coaches. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm really good on it. You're looking at freaking uh, what's Stuttermouth can't freaking talk in his opening press conference. Nick Sirianni, two years, he's in the Super Bowl. Like, why am I trading for picks for a coach that hasn't been to the Super Bowl since fucking 2008? And I can't even give him that because that was the get-up spot after New Orleans got trashed by a hurricane. So, like, why am I trading for? Why am you I? You also make for a Sean case Payton? that uh, Favre doesn't throw a pick and they probably lose the NFC title game. Yeah, but why? Still. I, I, why am I trading for Sean Payton? I get Sean Payton is this legendary coach. He's very good coach. He is a very good coach. Why am I trading draft assets for this coach? Why? Okay, so you're giving Denver an F. I'm assuming that means you're giving New Orleans an A because that implies that yes, because Denver you got because you traded somebody that that didn't have anything to do with your organization for a first round pick, and you got uh, you gave up your third round. You turned your third round pick next year into a second round pick. Yeah, like yes, you won. You won. You traded somebody that had nothing to do with your organization anymore for a first round pick, and you got a plus one on the round grade of next year. They, they absolutely got an A. So for 100%, me, A plus. initially, I'd agree with you about not trading for coaches. And then I thought more about Denver's situation. And I actually like the trade for Denver. I disagree with you about the F because, yes, I understand the argument of it's not worth trading a coach for a pick when you could use young talent. If we're being totally honest with ourselves, the next five, six years – all come down to if Russell Wilson sucks or not. They're paying him that much money. The entire team's future comes down to if they can revive Russell Wilson's career. And if they don't. If they don't, they're screwed anyway. No, but I'm saying if they if they don't, you just set yourself back even more. You're you're basically gambling on Sean Payton fixing Russell. That is exactly what they're gambling on. But the point is that at least that's why they didn't want to gamble on a coordinator to get become a head coach. They wanted somebody who was proven. Well, if they were smart last time around, they wouldn't be in this fucking situation. That is correct, but I, I, I can't correct what they did previously. I just, I just have to deal with what they did now. They clearly screwed up in the Wilson trade in the first place. The point is they're stuck with him, and they gave him a massive extension, and he sucked. So, so they have to the, do whatever what's they the grade can. For you? I'm curious on what's your grade, because how, how much do you think Sean Payton is worth to this team? Is he actually able to fix this team? I'm going to give because they don't have any capital. So it's literally all if if the the Broncos have a great record next year, 
then yeah, I'll take it all back and they won't. But the main argument is that Denver has, the main argument is that Denver's got a top five defense in the league based on how it's constructed, and the only flaw they have is on offense. So if Sean Payton can somewhat fix the offense, if they're even a mediocre offense, this team should make the playoffs. That's the main argument. That's the basis for the trade. I'm giving Denver a B. I've seen worse trades. A B? I'm giving him a B. I am. I the trade really doesn't bother me. It bothered me a lot more until I just realized how much of their immediate future comes down to Russell Wilson. If they can turn Wilson into being even mediocre, this team's good enough to make the playoffs. If they turn him into being good, they can easily win 10 games. They can win 11 games. I I think that the roster itself is solid. The issue was most of the players got injured and their system or whatever they were trying with Russ didn't work last year. And they had probably the worst coach in the league with Hackett. Denver got tired of gambling on crappy coordinators that ended up sucking as head coaches, and they recognized the importance of fixing Russell Wilson as quickly as possible, and they went for the most experienced, offensive-minded head coach that was available, and they got him. I didn't really mind the aggressiveness, especially for the 30th pick or the 29th pick. You're gambling at the end of the first round anyway. But Denver's immediate future, once again, I know it's cool to have a good young player with the 30th pick. It doesn't matter if Wilson's going to be terrible. So I really didn't mind the move. I thought that it was awful when I first heard the trade, but then I really looked at Wilson's contract again, and I realized how big of a code red situation it is in Denver. The trade really didn't bother me. It it marinated in my head, and I really didn't think it was that bad. You know what they just did, right? They just doubled down on Russell Wilson after probably the worst season is in his career. They just well, what down. are you supposed to do? Nobody's going to want him. You can't trade him. No, You're but stuck I, with but him for five years. You, uh, you just build. You build, build, build. Get a different coordinator in there. You try anything else. But I just I don't. My point see is Denver screwed no matter what. So numbers, if you want to try to fix it, I don't. But you doubled. All right, if you're screwed no matter what, doubling down on it. That's where I'm getting at. Like if you're screwed. I'm just I'm not gonna double down on it. But I mean Sean Payton has the numbers. 16 years as an OC slash head coach and 10 top five offenses. 10 yeah, 10 years with a top five offense, seven years top five in scoring. So and the defense is great. The, pedigree. the defense is great. So if he can even turn the Broncos into a top 13 offense, this is a playoff team. I just think that there's I don't want to call it gatekeeping. It's a desperate move. I think it is very desperate. I I don't want to call it gatekeeping, but I think that Sean, the level of production that Sean Payton can get out of Russ, I think if you actually have a competent front office that can go out here and evaluate these coordinators, you could you could get somebody that can help him achieve that same level. Okay, like, so since you a, brought that up, bit, that's able to happen. But I'm, I'm just gonna like, say, if, since, since you brought that up, I want to at least point out the recent head coaches that the Broncos have had, and I want you to tell me if you think that they can actually evaluate coordinators, and tell me if you think that they can actually be able to find. I think they need to blow. Well, first, before you do that, I bit on record. I think that they need to blow up the front office. I thought that the front office need to go when they were talking about the Brian Flores coaching fiasco and what happened there. I thought that you need to get clear house 
with that situation. I'm just going to list them out, though. The last three head coaches, not including the interim in the last couple games last year, you had Hackett, you had Fangio, and you had Vance Joseph. They clearly decided we can't handle evaluating coordinators. We're awful at it. Give us the proven guy. We'll give him a blank check. We don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't know, man. I don't agree. I give Denver a B. I, I think it could. I think it was a lot worse when I first saw the trade, but I thought about how bad the situation is for Denver, and they're going for it. And you know what? When you're in a division with Mahomes and Herbert, and I mean, for now, Derek Carr, but the Raiders are kind of a shit show, for being honest. I I didn't mind the move to me. I I do give the Saints an A. There's no way I cannot give the Saints an A because Sean Payton was never going to coach. They took somebody that wasn't even in the building and turned him into a first round pick. Yeah, I I still think the Saints won the trade, obviously. I just think it's not as lopsided as you say it is. Mm, Yeah. In my opinion, but whatever. I I reserve the right to make it a C if he actually uh, gets this. Not like, no, because they were. I I really can't fully judge it until I see Wilson with the Sean Payton system. Until yeah. I see that, I can give you a grade. But as of yeah. right now, as of right now, because at least they're trying. At least they realize Wilson stinks, and they got to try to bring in an offensive-minded guy. So I didn't mind it, but we'll see what happens there. Denver maybe makes the playoffs next year. Maybe they don't. The AFC is quite competitive for those wild card spots. So we'll see what happens. There are a couple other hires we got to talk about. Yeah, let's go over to in no particular order. Real quick, let's talk about the guy because this should be fast. Let's talk about the guy that returned, and Bill O'Brien is back in as the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Any, I mean, well, since we gave a grade to that one, let's just grade all these guys. Okay, Bill O'Brien is a hire. I'll give him. It's see, I want to ask when you grade players. No, nope, I'm not grading him from Houston because Houston was just dumb. No, I'm just going to ask how power. much does it? How much of your grade? Co- comes down to the previous coordinator and how bad that coordinator was at the same job. No, no, that doesn't. Because if you're comparing him to Patricia, what? it's an A. But yeah, if you're just no. judging based on him being a coordinator, it's a B minus. I think he's fine. I still think it was majority Tom Brady. I'll give it a C. Just saying, the, the point is, though, is that Patricia was clearly not the right guy. They got in Bill O'Brien, but... O'Brien, I thought, was fine as a coach. I just thought he was a terrible GM because he traded DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. I as a coach, that, he was fine. He wasn't that awful. Like, offensively, he's they, fine. Um, Whatever. I think that... Give it a B-. minus. It's just, it, This is Bill Belichick just basically saying that, yeah, I trust me, and I just need somebody that can be competent in doing the job. But and at least they I got an offensive-minded guy in the building to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, at no, 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 I get that. Right yeah, no, but I'm one, I'm not... That's what I'm saying. I'm not crediting you for doing something stupid last year and then correcting that mistake. You should never that's did that That's basically what I was asking for your original grade. Yeah, no, you, you should never did that dumb shit in the first place. So I'm not crediting you extra points because you got somebody that's actually offensive-minded to do an offensive job. Like, no, that was dumb. That's so funny in hindsight. They brought Patricia in to be the offensive coordinator. fucking stupid. And so, my thing is, I just, I think that there's so much talent that has not been tapped into on these coaching bitches in the NFL. And some people that we may never see. And we may never know how good of a head coach they can be because they never got the opportunity. But, one name in particular that I just think that this is insane, but Bienemy should have gotten a job by now. And I think that there's still a possibility 
that he moves on from Kansas City after this Super Bowl run. Has he been interviewing during this playoff run? Because I, I don't, don't remember hearing he anything. I don't think he has. I think okay. that the uh, – I know D'Amico Ryans was. But... Yeah, I don't think he's had any head coaches. I can look it up. But I don't think he's had any head coaching interviews. I think what I've seen is that there is a possibility for him to jump ship to Baltimore just as a change in scenery and, and an opportunity to – show that, hey, I can make an offense really good here, and I can make an offense really good here. I deserve a look at head coach. I don't I, think, I think he needs I think to Harbaugh's prove himself staying, that much. In my opinion. And, huh? I think they would have fired Harbaugh already if they were going to get rid of him. For no, no, no. I'm talking about for offensive coordinator because Greg – Oh, wait. You, yeah, I'm talking about I, I don't think he's going to make Greg a lateral play. move. I think if he's leaving, it's for – No, I think he's – no, I think he's making – and I've seen it somewhere. I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw it somewhere, and – they were talking about he is considering a lateral move somewhere else just to prove that, hey, I can get this done. It's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's not just Andy Reid. Yeah. I can get this done on my own. And that's what it obviously seems like nobody believes in Eric Benemy that he can get it done on his own. And the media gives Reid all the credit anyway. And, and that goes into my next segue and my soapbox and my rank of why black head, why black coordinators, black head coaches have to do so much more to prove that they belong when you have somebody in Vietnam who's had a top five offense for how long? Like they did what? Like and it you really know, just comes down to how many years Mahomes has been starting. I mean, and who was five and who that. was the offensive coordinator before him? Matt Nagy. He got a head coaching job. You have uh, Kafka, who was, what was he, the pass game coordinator or something like that? He's either the quarterback coach or the pass game coordinator. Yeah, something like that. He goes, gets an offensive coordinator job, does great in that. Now he's getting a head coaching look this year and pretty decent chance that he might get hired. I don't think he will this year, but I think Kafka will get a job next year, if I had to guess. So I I think it's bullshit what's happening to the enemy. I really do. And um, I'm a conspiracy guy, so I don't give a fuck to say it. I think there's something more rude there. But hey, that's one name where I'm like, hey, why are we not giving like you keep going back to these same people and we know what they can do. We know that you're going to like this person for X number of years. They may do a decent job. Then they're not going to do anything. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to fire them again like they got fired the last time. So, I mean, I don't know. Not, you know, targeting that to Bill O'Brien, but just saying there's a trend of the same coaches, the same coordinators, always getting jobs and never getting any better. C. Yeah, the way that I look at it, just to go back to the enemy, I'm not surprised that he hasn't really been linked to much this year because the Chiefs are still playing. I'm really shocked you've had this many hirings this early. Usually most of the hirings happen, what, after the Super Bowl? In this week and a half gap? We've had a couple of hires even before that took place, which kind of surprises me. But I don't know. The enemy is a weird situation because he's interviewed for jobs for like two, three years, and he's never gotten one, which And nobody I think can is say why he hasn't gotten one. Nobody, like, nobody can answer the question why he But the thing is, one. I don't even know how much of it is fully race-related because of the fact that D'Amico Ryan's just got a job. Vance Joseph's favored to get the Arizona job. There are black coaches that are getting jobs now. So I'm, I'm kind of confused uh, what's going on. No, I, but... So this is the different thing. And this is like a conversation that has been had for a long time of every job is not the same. Like every job is not the same. Every team's thought process for that coach is not the same because the Texans also just came off of hiring Lovey Smith and David Cully, who they both gave one year to. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that these are stop, ba- stop gap coaches 
So I don't know if DeMarco Ryan is even their guy for real for real. I'm guessing they're, they're making they him to a like five-year it. deal. D'Amico's yeah. going to be there for a while. But what I'm saying is, is that becoming the head coach of the Texans, who are trending down, you don't have anything to look forward to at all at this point. It was a six-year right deal, by the way. My bad. It was six Yeah. And getting an opportunity with a team that actually has something to play for, that actually has, you know, building pieces, like, it's different. A bright it's, future. It's, yeah, guess. like, it's it's all coaching hires are not the same. And there is a trend in, along the NFL and along the NBA that blackhead coaches, when they do get hired, nine times out of ten, they're getting these project teams and they go and they get these teams to a certain point, and then that coach is out of there, and there's another coach that comes in there and reaps the benefits, eats, and gets whatever off of, you know, the build, the hard work, and stuff like that from the other team. Like, they don't get a chance to get the fruits of their labor, basically. And so that's that's really, like, one of my main points. So when I see black head coaches get hired, I'm happy. I would love to see it. I would love to see black people get more of an opportunity in head coaching positions. But I want it to be... I don't want it to just be like a token black guy there. I want it to give that person a fair chance. I think Lovey Smith should have got a fair chance. I think David Cully probably should have got a fair chance, even if he's bad, even if they're terrible. One year is not enough time for you to evaluate that. One year is not enough time for you to evaluate Steve Wilkes as the coach of the Cardinals before you go and you actually draft a quarterback with what he needed, which is yeah. what he needed. Honestly, I don't even know how much the Lovey Smith hire was even genuine because they were linked to McCown, and then there was a massive PR backlash from it, and they hired Lovey Smith at the last second. So that I, didn't even seem like a genuine hire at the time. But I, I don't know. I think I'll push back I'm, a little bit. I'm not, I'm not going to go that deep into this, but you're talking about how you want them to get a fair shake and how you want them to potentially go to a team that actually has a chance instead of a project team. But no, and it's no, it's not even that. Like, you can go to a project team. That's fine. But if you sit here and you're and you hire a black coach with the mindset of, all right, well, we just need somebody here we, and this person is good, they're going to get us to a point and we're going to fault them for the three losing seasons that they had when this team was trash and there was no way they could do anything about it. Like, we're not going to give that person, we're going to get rid of them before they have the opportunity to even turn the team around. That's where I'm like, all right, so that's why I'm like, Ryan, you know, Six-year deal, it sounds good. It sounds like that's really their guy. They freaking made a social media post about a second interview. Not even I mean, hiring he, him he about a second He better be there interview. for a while because I'm assuming that contract buyout is going to be crazy. Yeah, so I just – that's my thing, and I think that it is a disparity. Like, there is a disparity. A lot of people aren't going to want to hear me say that, but there is a disparity there. I think the disparity was a lot worse a couple of years ago. You've had you've had a lot more black coaches getting hired recently – you had Solo got hired. You have Ryan's who got hired. Vance Joseph's favored to get a job. You have Bowles as the coach of Tampa now. You have Tomlin has been a coach for an attorney. Compared to previous years, don't get me wrong, it's still a minority, but still, it has gotten better in recent years in terms of the quantity of jobs for black head coaches. Can we agree yeah, on that? I, yeah, I'm. Yeah, by just sheer numbers, it has. But uh, I don't think that the problem is anywhere near solved or yeah it's not solved better. but at least it's, it's heading it's, in a, it's in a like, better direction i would say it's one step ahead like yeah. one okay. step and that's it all right what well, since we're talking about ryan's let's go ahead and grade him as a head coach i think it was a great hire i give it an a plus i think it was a great hire i think, I think it was the best a- hire they could have possibly made because of the fact that not only is he a great coordinator and he should be able to build a great defense 
big fan of him uh, from what I saw with uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I thought that he's a great coordinator and maybe it's just me, but if you're going to hire a young guy who maybe is not the most experienced head coach, at least be an emotional guy, be able mm-hmm. to provide a spark on the sideline. We saw what Dable can do providing a spark to a Giants team that really needed it. Ryan's is a guy that I think can give a team some juice. And I think that he's going to really help out there. But the main reason why I like the hire, he played for the franchise. Like he's familiar with the area. He knows mm-hmm. how the things work in Texas. And mm-hmm. of course he not, he's not going to be able to fully control who the team brings in. That's more of a front office situation, but I'm not sold by the front office, but the point is he's comfortable with the surroundings from what I've seen on the sidelines, he's a very player-friendly coach. I think he's a really good home run hire for a team that has had a lot of instability at the head coaching position for a long time. I give it an A+. Plus. Now, do they I know if he's going to be a good coach or not? Defense. No, but he checks a lot of the boxes. They said everybody on that San Francisco defense went and said goodbye when they lost that game. against. Philly. Yeah, Before you can tell the players loved him as a coordinator, yeah. and I think that's definitely a good sign. I give it an A+. If you think that's too generous, you can give it an A. But I think that he was the main coordinator to hire during the offseason. And a two-win team somehow managed to lure him in. As far as I'm concerned, that's an A or an A+. I agree. I agree all the way. All right. Who else is? All right, let's go ahead and talk about We have Kellen Moore going to the Chargers. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Let's talk about the Cowboy and... Kellen Moore going to the Chargers. He was fired on, I believe, a Friday, and he had the job by Sunday. Uh, He was fired during the NFC uh, title game. During the game? Yeah. And he got the job the next day. I believe so. Yeah. He got the job either the next day or like two days, but I believe he got fired. The announcement came out during the playoffs, I think. I guess your grading of Kellen Moore in this hire is, I mean, I don't know. Like you, could, I just think expectations in Dallas are too unrealistic at this point. Like, because there was a whole point in time where they were like, Kellen Moore is going to be the next Dallas Cowboys head coach, and he's going to blah 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 blah. They had like a top five offense. Yeah, if I'm going to fully grade. First of all, I'll talk about his time as a coordinator with Dallas. I thought he was fine. I I know the offense, you know, put up good numbers. They had a lot of talent, and they had a great offensive line for several years there. And Dak, whether you like him or not, still an above-average quarterback. He's not elite, but he's still still above average. I think he's a fine coordinator. There's a little bit too much inconsistency with the play calling, and I'm not sure how much of a ceiling raiser he is, but I think he's a safe option. For a grade, I'll give him a B. You're giving him Herbert, you're giving him Keenan Allen, you're giving him Mike Williams, you're giving him Eckler, you're giving him weapons. I'll give him a B. You're you're giving him a nice car and telling him don't crash the damn thing. I think it's a B higher. I think he could be really good. I think most likely he'll be fine. And the Chargers should be somewhere somewhat similar where they were this year, maybe a little bit better. But you're bringing in an experienced offensive coordinator to... I don't want to say fix, but tweak a potentially elite offense. I think it's a B higher. It's for me. It seems like a safe team by week seven. He's going to be a head coach of the team by week seven. But what do you think, though? I think the higher itself's a B. I think that it's a safe move for a pretty talent for an extremely talented offense. If I gave 
New England a C. I feel like I have to give this a C too. Like I it's think also tricky because just... I was grading New England based on the fact that he's an upgrade over Patricia. No, I see that, and that's the difference. I didn't do. That. Yeah, I that's the point. That's where we're. They, they played that's where our criteria different. They played that's it why. safe, and they got somebody that they know can do the job, and they know Kellen Moore can do the job. Now, that always can upgrade if we he confirms that it was really Dak and Zeke and the pieces on that offense rather than him. But I think it's like some 50-50 blame and, you know, but it's like they didn't have a bad offense. <laughs> they didn't yep. have a bad offense. It's just that they can't win in the freaking playoffs. Like he got fired because they can't win in the playoffs. He didn't get fired because they had a, a bad offense all year. So I'll give it a C. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have too, too much on it. I'm, think just, it I'm just giving it a B because he's experienced. He's a solid coordinator. I know the bottom won't fall out. I, I know that Moore is good enough to keep the offense worst case scenario afloat while maybe providing a little bit more upside. I think all all that's going to prove is that Justin Herbert isn't him. I think that's all that's going to prove, that Justin Herbert isn't him. So I'll ask you this, though. When you say him, you mean he's what, top him. three, Joe Burrow top five? Is him. Joe Burrow is him. He's not him. I think it's pretty safe to say that the top three quarterbacks in the league are Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen, in my opinion, in that order from one to three. Okay. I think the argument's if Herbert's top five or not. I think he's clearly top 10. The question is if he's top five or not. I don't think he's top five. I feel like that's the remaining question that needs to be answered. I think he is a great, I think he's great for fantasy football. I think he's overrated as a quarterback. I think that he's, as of right now, somewhere around that seven range. Like there's, I think that, okay, so when people talk, when you hear the media heads talk about, these quarterbacks and they throw the Allens, they throw the Burrow, they throw the Mahomes, they throw in Herbert, and I'm like, skirt waits. I think Lamar is better because, than Herbert. But... Yes, 100%. And Lamar is never in those conversations, by the way. When healthy, but yes. Joe Burrow has done way more, in my opinion, with less than Justin Herbert. Yeah, Burroughs had basically a bottom five offensive line his entire career. Yes. I think Joe Burrow has done way more than than and that playoff game, that playoff game against the Jags has just confirmed that for me that Herbert is not him. Like he's not him. He's fun for fantasy. He will be one of my top fantasy quarterbacks. A hundred percent. I don't think that he's capable of being the shift in a team. And honestly. If Kellen Moore gets anything out of him, it's just going to turn, you know, it's going to make me be more impressed by Kellen Moore than Justin Herbert. But I feel like that's also why I'm giving it a B, because we both think you're a bit lower on Herbert than I am, but we think that there might be more to be desired. There's something that is missing with the way that he was playing quarterback under Staley as a head coach and under the current system that they have. So... They're trying something new-ish with an experienced offensive coordinator to see if Herbert can become an upper echelon top five guy. That's why I'm giving it a B. They did what they needed to do. They're trying an experienced coordinator who can potentially tap into the untapped potential of Justin Herbert. That's why I think it's a fine hire. I wasn't a fan of him as a Dallas coordinator. I thought he was fine. I thought he had a ceiling. But based on what the Chargers did last year offensively, I thought they could have been a lot better offensively. 
I think more should help provide some stability to that spot. That's why I give it a B, but whatever. On a 10-point grading scale, I get about a 78, 79, so C+. Plus. He is C+. Plus. Okay, but and I think I, if I was grading it out of that type of scale, I'd probably give it like an 8.3. Give it a B. Okay. Something like that. Oh, man. All right. Let's see here. Who's the what, Vic Fangio is the last one? Nothing's been here? confirmed, though, oh, with Fangio. There's rumors he might end up going to the Dolphins uh, to be the coordinator there for defense, but apparently has not been confirmed yet. So, uh, I mean, I don't really have any odds or anything. I thought I did. I don't. But for the most part, I think the last domino to, to fall is the Ravens offensive coordinator. And the fact that they haven't made a move yet basically solidifies for me that Airbnb is going to move on from the Chiefs after the season. I'm, I'm I not think sure what BNB is going to do, but it is fascinating that Baltimore has not really done anything. Yeah, I, I think it's because their guy is clearly still playing. And uh, I don't think BNB is one of those guys that like takes in a whole bunch of interviews have especially if it's a lateral move like i think that this is going to be a situation where baltimore poaches him from kansas city for a lateral move to the same position and this is the opportunity for him to work with the quarterback with a completely different skill set and just you know get to the goal the goal is always to be a head coach goal is always mm-hmm. to be a head coach and so when you're get, getting overlooked like that you, you're sitting there you know the what's the saying the um, what's the dang? What's the saying? I'm There's a lot of sayings out there. I'm not sure where you're. I know, going I know. Hold on, I'm trying to give you a word so you can help me. The uh, it's talking about when you uh, dang, what's the joint where you keep making the same mistake over and over again and expecting different results? A definition of insanity. That's we go insanity. That's the word I was looking for. Definition of insanity <laughs> is. Like I said, doing the same thing and expecting different results. And it doesn't seem like he's going to get a head coaching job under Andy Reid's shadow. Like, it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. For whatever reason. All right. Anything else for the people before we get up out of here? Uh, Not really. Uh, Definitely pretty fun that even when we have no football action for about two weeks straight, there's still a lot of news going on. NFL is always going to dominate the news cycle. And we had a lot of changing uh, just overall environments for head coaches and coordinators, which should be interesting. But mm-hmm. for the most part, we broke down the main ones. I'm sure we'll get more in the next couple of weeks, but I don't really have much more to add. We could have talked more about what Rogers might do and what Carr might do. But to be honest, we got a lot more time to actually go through those teams aren't going to make moves until they know their actual coaching staffs first, or at least in most cases, yeah. still got the draft coming up. So we got a lot of other football content to talk about. I'm sure we'll be back at some point later on during the offseason. Well, first of all, we'll be back for the Super Bowl. Duh. But we'll also be back during the offseason to talk about the potential moves of Rodgers and Carr and all these guys. But other than that, though, uh, yeah, it was fun going through the coaches and what we can expect to see from some of these teams with new faces at the coaching positions. And besides that, follow me on Twitter, Red Show Radio. I know we also will be having the return of the WNBA podcast because we've had a couple of big breaking news stories there. So sometime later this week, probably. Yeah, no, today. Today? Right now. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, let's go do it right now. Go back to back? Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Everybody, 
Make sure you subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Subscribe to all the podcasts and network. Leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. Appreciate reading those and people making us laugh. And <laughs> I just actually went through the one that uh, popped up the other day where they said somebody was uh, very sleepy on this show. And so I was like, man, I hope that wasn't me. And then Scott comes in and says, well, I know it wasn't Terrell because we were talking about the Giants this week. So there was no yeah. way it was him. I don't think it was you in, in this case. But, but I think I realized I misspoke. I think I said that Vance Joseph was the favorite to get the Cardinal job. I meant Brian Flores, but either way, oh, okay. the point still stands. I, I realized I said that like 20 minutes ago, but I, I think I just realized I might have said Vance Joseph. That's my bad oh, okay. if I did. But whatever. I forgot about the Cardinals job. I, I, I don't think forgot. anyone wants it. Yeah. I don't think so either. <laughs> but you know, like I said, you take sometimes you take what you can get and you turn team around. I I think they have potential. I just think Cliff Kingsbury was a fucking idiot. All right. And it's funny. <laughs> I wonder if he's still on his island. Didn't he go to Thailand? Did he yeah, go to he Thailand? Did. He went, yeah, he went to Thailand and said, Yeah, I'm not looking to be a coach <laughs> this season. And it was like it's like the well, we didn't ask, but okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, fine. I don't think I think he was so but the point is he was so fed up with uh Kyler and the Cardinals organization that he immediately fled the country and went on vacation for like two weeks. So. I feel like he has some resentment there. I don't think I'm sure there is. It. I don't think he thinks it was his fault, but it was hundred percent his fault. And then he gets the check every, you know, probably month or so. It's like it's like winning the scratch off of like twenty like two thousand per week for life, you know. Oh yeah, if you if if you tell me that you want to fire me, let me know which door to leave out of because you're still paying me, so I'm perfectly yeah. fine. Same thing with Matt Rule. I'm sure he probably has some type of like Panthers jersey hung up on his wall because uh, he keeps collecting million dollars like every week. I'm sure. Yeah, man. It's like uh, the guy for the Yeah, Bobby Vanier. All right. I don't really have anything else to say. Nothing else to do. He's at Russia Radio. Matt Lillard underscore underscore. We're just going to end the podcast like this. We are out of here.